1: It is time to learn a little bit more about Sean Siegel and Colum Kelly. We are doing a non-fantasy football related Q&A episode here on Road of Biz OT. We like to do these from time to time. We get great feedback on them. So we're diving into another one today with a couple of questions that have been sent in by listeners, some by myself, some by Sean. We're going to have a little bit of fun today as we look at some TV topics, some maybe topics that are closer to home for myself in terms of Northern Ireland and Ireland and uh, we'll have a bit of fun as we go through it maybe we'll have some questions that aren't on today's sheet Sean the pop-up that we decide to answer as well but I'm looking forward to this because we obviously do so many shows talking fantasy football sometimes we jump on we record the podcast and we've been talking for an hour and Sean usually the story is that I have to get off because it's dinner time here and if I'm late for dinner I might not have any left tends to be the, the joke but we uh, we talk an awful lot, but these are fun ways to find out a little bit more background on each other. And sometimes they're more novel questions around you know, books, films, TV recommendations, and then sometimes they're a bit more serious. So we'll have a combination of both of them on today's show. But I'm looking forward to this one, Sean. All set to, uh, to dive in? Yeah, we're going to learn a
2: little bit more about Ireland and, and Northern Ireland there. Colin, I, I gave you about 20 questions across culture history television sports the future the future yeah futurism here um, and you've selected a handful that you like the best so this is going to be a lot of fun and again part of this is because i am traveling a bit in these couple of weeks here not always available available close to either internet microphone what have you at our normal recording times yeah let's let's dive in and and see what pops up see what our american listeners can learn about how things are across an ocean here
1: who knows i might learn some stuff as well um that's that's the goal always trying to learn every day if we can get that one percent better we'll keep moving forward but sean First question is if you could read or if you could rewrite a story on any tv show and i want to link this into some information as well about the actual tv show but i think i recommended this at one point in the past and that was dexter dexter uh, one of my favorite tv seasons it had its moments where it waned and it wasn't as good and for you know it it wrapped up originally sean i'm just looking here in 2013 so i think spoiler alerts can be avoided at this particular point you know if if you haven't seen it yet that's not on me 10 years later but uh the the finale was a problem that i had with dexter It, it really didn't end in a satisfying way towards the end of it the one thing i will say that has kind of rescued that in recent years is there is a dexter new blood which came out in 2021 which kind of carried on from that moment where that episode ended and moved on then to continue the story from that point 10 years later basically or nine years later whatever it was at the time but sean one of the storylines out of any show i've ever watched that hit me the absolute hardest where i just did not see it coming in any single way and took me out of the show for probably the rest of that season was dexter had a wife in that show her name was rita Rita was uh, killed off in series five. Sean, really, uh, really took it out on me. <laughs> did it, did it uh, take you out of the moment? Well, that was a rough development in the show. I believe yet... it was series five, episode one. Let's just just let's just do it straight away. Let's rip that bandit off.
2: So you're gonna rewrite from there. That would be interesting. The Rita character was awesome. The actress portraying that does. A fantastic job it was a key part of the arc for dexter as he is trying to grow and mature from you know a from being a serial killer into... he's trying
1: to kind of go on the right path how do you go off the right path somebody murders your wife yeah
2: so that does that does tend to derail the train a bit colin it happens even later in the show i won't give this spoiler but that wasn't what ruin the show for me. There is another death that is much more egregious and gratuitous because it doesn't fit with the arc of the show. It destroys everything about the relationships within the show. Doesn't make sense. Seems very contrived. That was the problem that I had. And I think that was one of the most panned episodes in television history right up there with the final episode of Lost. Sopranos. I
1: thought you were going to say The Sopranos.
2: <laughs> you know, it, it depends a little bit tricky on the fi- things thing. Tricky you to finalize
1: shows but... on the right note. Hard to, you know, complete a series on the right note. There's always going to be people unhappy one way or the other, but some of those big, big kind of shows that went on for multiple years, some very disappointing endings along the way. You do. You do get plenty of disappointing endings. I think that
2: one of the things that you want to make sure that you do, though, is, like, don't do a terrible job. That's a kind of straightforward path to at least giving yourself a chance. And we do have these contrasts of shows that were absolutely fantastic. You think of the Americans, for example, as one of those shows that is, I mean, it's not necessarily quite on my top 10 because there's nothing in it. I don't think that resonates quite to the extent or a storyline that is like truly transcendent. You think about the individual scenes, incredibly crafted relationships all those types of things the dialogue i mean is there anything in there that jumps out to the level of you know a deadwood or a patriot an archer things like that and yet very clearly an all-time great show with the perfect ending and so you know i i think it's too easy of an out to say it's tough to to conclude it but it, it i mean it is difficult there's no question there so you mentioned that there is a new season a decade later? Have you watched that? Was yeah. it good? I don't think that it got great reviews either.
1: Oh, it did. It did. It got great reviews from Colum Kelly. Okay, that's the key one. That's the key uh, it's one. It's always tricky, Sean. You know, with you know looking at ratings and reviews, how to what, what site you're going to you know take the review from. So some people will say their go to is IMDb or Rotten Tomatoes or what, whatever service you use, but it has a eight point one out of ten. On IMDB, IEGN's eight out of ten, seventy-seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes for that new season of New Blood. It is 10 seasons episodes long. And Sean, I think if the death that you are mentioning that you didn't want to spoil for anyone is who I'm thinking it is, I think you would enjoy this season too. So check it out. Dexter New Blood.
2: Do like to hear that. It it didn't seem like it actually did that well. And I know it's on a station that at this point.
1: Oh, I had Maybe to go. Uh, I I had to go out of my way <laughs> to be able to watch this, Sean. Uh, I I can't say what platform I watched it on.
2: But was it just a a one season, a one off type of thing? Is it not? It's finished. Again, that that is disappointing. So, Colin, my choices for rewriting the storyline of any television show. I've mentioned this a little bit in the past that I would rewrite Battlestar A to eliminate the time period where they. Devolve into more of a soap opera. Things don't make sense in terms of the sci-fi world and all of the different interactions are contrived as opposed to fitting within the organic timeline and context of the show. But then also I would rewrite the final episode where they ignore all of the development and ignore all of the lessons learned. And you don't want to be like, oh, this is a lessons learned kind of show. It's a it's a fun, dynamic, exciting sci-fi show. But the idea of the entire concept and the arc is this interaction between different types of intelligence, human intelligence, artificial intelligence. You can add other things to the list if you want to think about it even more globally. And working through those types of things and working through what it means to become a more advanced society that's dealing with some of these issues. You can't have a back to nature, back to the stone age, back to eliminating all of the development. I mean, it's kind of like having a coming of age story and then at the end of it, you're like, okay, that was just all a dream. This kid is still 12 and has to go through (laughs) the entire coming of age all over again. Number two. I would rewrite the elderly version of Deadwood. They they made a Deadwood movie where the characters were old. I don't know if it's something that is, you know, a little bit specific to aging yourself or getting into the age range where you're like, I'm still young, right? It doesn't really matter what any external things are saying. I'm definitely going to make the claim for myself that I'm still young. But I can see being a little bit older on the horizon And the last thing that you want is your favorite and the greatest like piece of culture in all of American art to do like a flash forward where the characters are old. It's like the most depressing thing of all time. So (laughs) definitely wipe that out. And then
0: uh,
2: sort of on a, a different end of the spectrum, in terms of, you know, exactly what a TV show is trying to do. But I'm assuming that we've got some Veronica Mars fans out there because anybody who's watched Veronica Mars is either a full-blown fanatic or is a stealth fan, you know, watching on their own, not telling other people that they do. The final season of that was also an absolute train wreck where Veronica's character does not follow her actual personality that's been established and then you have the second most important character in the entire series killed at the end. I think with this idea, and this is what the creators have talked about, with the idea that you need to have, you know, a further love story in the future, given the backstory of those characters, having one of the characters die to create that was certainly not necessary. But also when your last season is lousy enough from a quality perspective that the chances of having another season (laughs) have been dimmed significantly. There's no need to kill off characters to open up more more storylines because you've killed your product. It's done, (laughs) right? So I would rewrite those. And I would also rewrite Lost, but not so much focusing on the problem with the final episode. But I mean, call me another five, six, 10 seasons of that. No reason to wrap it up in such a hurry. Again, you're talking about one of the five greatest shows Ever put together. Unfortunate that we were back in a time period where instead of letting all of that mature and grow and spiral into something even bigger, (laughs) that we get the aborted, abrupt, nonsensical conclusion (laughs) that they went with.
1: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Do you ever feel like your brain is getting in its own way? Like you know what you should do, what's good for you, but you just can't do it? Well, I know from personal experience and currently using the BetterHelp service that I put off starting therapy for many years until early 2023 when I started therapy with BetterHelp. And for a long, long time, I didn't know all the things that were holding me back subconsciously, consciously. But with my therapist, I've been able to come up with positive coping skills. And being able to understand why I felt the way I did about certain things, certain situations, helping me to understand, accept and enhance my life and my day to day experiences. If you're thinking of. Starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited for your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. I was matched with my therapist. We clicked straight away and we've got on fantastically. But if there's any reason you'd want to switch therapists, you can do so anytime for no additional charge. Make your brain your friend with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelpcom rotovis today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. The other challenge, Sean, for some of these shows, as you mentioned, the five extra seasons. Sometimes the seasons that are kind of, or the, the series that are short and sweet, you get those three seasons where it's just perfect and you finish it up there. Sometimes when you go on to continue to extend it, that can lead the writers into other problems as well. But we're going to change it a little bit. And Sean has put in some kind of sports-related reality shows here. And I'm going to give one in a second, Sean, that has nothing to do with sports, but it is one of my favorite reality TV shows, if we're going to call that, that uh, we'll get to in a second. But Sean, even what's better, American and Warrior, or, or I'm going to let you just pronounce the second one, because I assume it's Spanish. My Spanish is It is. Spanish. I always have
2: a little trouble pronouncing it myself, but it's Retail Cuatro Elementos. It's the challenge of the four elements. You have earth, fire, air, and water. Four different obstacle courses, obviously element themed it is one of the and we've mentioned it in the past but it's one of the greatest pieces of non-art <laughs> it's, it's got to be the greatest reality show of all time i when we didn't have new episodes and we were in the pandemic i did watch some american ninja warrior loved it wanted to you know go and train for it Myself, you got to do all that hand strength, column You got that that the finger strength. I've always
1: right? thought, yeah, that'd be cool to do, but I've never actually continued any way to train towards it. Never. Don't think that's happened. Well, I, I, I do. That... I have watched American Ninja Warrior, and I do. I enjoy the competition. My wife actually recently, and I'm not even sure what the name of it is. We she started watching a series on Netflix, like a wilderness survival series, and um, she mentioned to me, like she's like, I think I could do this survivalist stuff i might try it and then i was like i laughed and came back 15 minutes later and we're having a cup of tea sitting on the sofa and she's like yeah i don't think i would like to do this and uh, we just like now to make fun of people as they struggle you know in the series where they have to drop out for uh, a multitude of reasons while knowing full well that we would never be able to take part in something like that so
2: it seems like that's your answer so what's the what's the name of the show i don't know
1: okay it's not, so it's not uh, not ideal for a show like this where i don't know the name of the program she has put a she's watched it and i sit and watched it when when she's watching it very nice, very nice it's
2: it is amusing considering what you have chosen here but Colin, oh, i think that you and i would have a little bit of trouble you might have some advantages because again we decided you're six six six
1: six so the reach can be very valuable I, that is, uh, one of my best skills is I'm can I am very good at reaching things that are up high. There you go. So a lot of the obstacles, height is
2: valuable. At the same time, a lot of the obstacles, when you're 6'6", the distribution of weight is always going yeah, to be the levers problematic.
1: Are, the levers are tough. Yeah,
2: you're not going to be able to have enough strength to handle your own body weight. Now, how much do you weigh? You always give this to me in stone, I feel like. And Can I give it to you in kilogram? That's we don't what know what stone experience.
1: means. <laughs> we moment, also, the, Americans don't know 100. anything, column.
2: So we also don't know what kilograms are. But, what, but what's the answer here?
1: L- let me work it out for you uh,
2: as, we, as we talk through. So, Colm, as you're doing that, I'm going to mention that, in part, in case I ever need to be on any of these shows, I have dropped from the beginning of July from 235 to 202 I'm about halfway to the 175 that has been great in order to do that you fast every other day and so every other day you get one small meal and you are taunting me by putting a food show in the midst
1: of our sports reality show question that is what i have done i've worked it out sean uh i'm in the the 242 range at the moment 242 pounds which that is seems... probably which is probably i would say 15 pounds over what it should be i, do I don't think. know
2: i don't know i mean if you're it's 6'6... not it's not
1: 240 like it's not you know nfl you know tight end or wide receiver 240s you know, yeah it's but a, but 6'6", 240 almost seems light. It
2: almost seems like you need to put on 10 pounds. And maybe that 10 pounds you need to put on is muscle. Yeah. But, I mean, 240 at 6'6"? It's
1: not, it's not the type of 10 pounds that you would, uh, you know, if you're my next show wants you to put on. It's not that type of 10 pounds. Okay, okay. It's like uh, basically the 10 pounds that if you were doing American Ninja Warrior, that would be ideal. You know, you're, you're bulking up. But uh, my show, Sean, is the Great British Bake Off those 10 pounds are they're going right to the hips i think (laughs) those 10 pounds uh the great british bake-off i'm sure there's some uk and irish people out there listening they'll be aware of it they may not be fans but i have been a fan of it for a long long time it's a a series that has been running since i think 2011 but um basically sean what they do is each week there is three different kind of challenge that they have to bake they bake in a tent and they make different kind of uh I guess indulgent treats from bread to biscuits to chocolate there's always a theme every week and uh, so what we like to do is we watch that together and what has been so cool this year is my daughter is now five we thought this this time it came on and I was like "Oh, we asked does she want to watch it so she's been watching it along with us this so far we're we're four weeks in we all picked at the first episode pick a contestant who you think is going to win the contest my wife and me have done this for years where we try and see who will make it true usually mine is eliminated around episode two but this time i'm I'm still going I survived this past week but um it's a lot of fun to to watch and um sometimes when you're watching you want to watch something that's not that serious it's very uh positive in terms of you know the stories and watching people cook and that is not too serious kind of take your mind off things and now that our daughter's watching it it makes it a lot of fun as well because she just wants to see my contest and get eliminated
2: so it is a it is a contest, a contest it, is, it like yeah. a, is it like a cozy is it because my sense from having some of these shows occasionally play in the background there there's a place called Firehouse Subs that makes you know pretty solid subs and instead of the music playing over the loudspeakers trying to you know create everybody's little pocket of privacy they frequently have tvs which is a little bit more discordant and (laughs) maybe not the best way to do that but some food television shows playing on in the background occasionally i get the impression that the american version of these shows people are running around with their shopping carts and then the judges and the coaches and judges are yelling at them as though they're trying out for a freshman basketball squad. So, you know, good and bad things about that. The Great British Bake Off, I think, is a cult favorite here in the U.S. as well, if I'm not mistaken. I believe that you can watch that on Netflix. Maybe listeners know that that is accurate. But yeah, it seems like a show that people do love. And do you... So what is the, the preferred dynamic for this? Do you make your own cake and pastries ahead of time and so you're sitting there eating and kind of comparing what you have to what they're making are you sitting there starving and thinking you know this is just punishment for my misbehavior early in the day Uh, what's the overall vibe food wise because i mean you're watching something on television where the real reward is eating it yourself
1: yeah so it, it really tempts you to go towards you know your your candy drawer or wherever you keep you know the treats in the the house um it airs on tv on a tuesday in ireland and the uk but we watch it on demand then on a wednesday so my wife is actually a very good baker and she makes some cake sometimes at the weekend of that but the problem is sean wednesday is a long way from the weekend and they are often already at so it just depends what the options are ideally you would want to do that but baking on a wednesday is a, a tricky situation to get yourself into so it's usually just something nice to to munch on while it's on so well, is that how you stay
2: at 240 at 6 6 is pastries only on the weekend
1: that is why i'm 240 sean i think uh, <laughs> rather than that's how i stay at it as i mentioned getting down to 225 would be the the goal here as we move forward so maybe i'll take Con, if you get to 225 you turn sideways people won't even be able to see you <laughs> i'll have disappeared but uh, it's a it's a real fun, lighthearted show, and that's why I like it. The other thing is you mentioned the American versions. I find my wife's a big connoisseur of reality TV shows in terms of cooking. And uh, the Australian shows, we spent a brief time in Australia, but she will still source those out because they tend to be the best in terms of the product that they're showing on the TV. The US one can feel like it's been, you know, it's very much in a building, lots of stainless steel desks and things like that this one is inside as i mentioned inside the 10 12 competitors quite large lighthearted um but yeah so what are the food differences between ireland and
2: australia what are some of the the cultural changes or differences in terms of the the style of of food the general ingredients kind of
1: the the whole vibe food wise between those two countries it's sunnier and it's warmer is the main vibe uh not as much rain in australia sean so uh they can eat outdoors whereas we tend to eat inside <laughs> but uh but are they having food, the
2: potatoes and and carrots when i was onions, i i lived i lived in Melbourne. my my mom comes or my mom's family comes from ireland and so anytime we have you know saint patrick's day or you know there's this sense of okay we're gonna do a little bit of this it's always like corn, beef, and cabbage and things that are being boiled. Obviously, the really sad historical moment that did cause a lot of immigration and what have you that you know, probably all listeners will have at least heard of in the back of their mind, the potato famine. I mean, we, are potatoes still kind of the leading, I mean, is it, is it one of the main foodstuffs that you're getting with Irish food that is involved in a lot of meals. And is that the same? I mean, do they have potatoes involved in a big way in Australia, or am I completely
1: taking sort of an Americanized version of how you think about Irish food? I, I don't know. I wouldn't say that there's a, and I'm, uh, Australian listeners may correct me. I, I think that potatoes are used in Australian cuisine and cooking, but I don't think to the extent that they're used here in Ireland, it is something that like when I was younger, you know there wasn't I think food has become a lot more globalized so it's very easy to get whatever type of food you want to cook or you know in the 90s early 2000s there, it wasn't as easy to get exactly what you wanted so it like there's a lot more opportunity to eat exactly mm-hmm. how you want so things like I remember when I was younger probably like you know eight nine ten we in our house we started to eat like you know pasta so spaghetti you know it, it wasn't as common but whereas now, like, you, <laughs> It's very very common to have like you know spaghetti or rice or, or all, all different things like that but any type of pasta but potatoes whether it's uh boiled or whether it would be made into chips or all the different ways you can make potatoes potatoes when i was younger would have been like we would have ate them at least four days a week now in my house with my wife and my daughter we probably eat them maybe twice a week but you know it could be baked potatoes at a point whereas when i was a child baked potatoes weren't something that we cooked it was always just boiled very irish traditional style potatoes so the potato is a, a big part here in ireland sean still is but i think the biggest thing i guess i would imagine for my age group and below there is a lot more variety in what people eat i do think people who are i would say 60 years and above are probably a lot more traditional and probably rather than having pasta or rice or different things like that a different day of the week they're probably still having potatoes in a, in a variety of different ways so that was our dive into the humble potato podcast but the uh, food when i was in australia I, I lived in melbourne melbourne is heavily populated by people who would have uh, come over from asia whether they're first generation or fut- like you know they could be third generation living in australia but their heritage would have came from asia so there's a lot of uh, different types of food and that would have been a place where I was much more open or like, you know, first taste of certain types of food from that part of the world. So um, that will be my one recommendation for people in Australia is like any of the kind of Malaysian food or that, that you can have an opportunity to try, dive in and, and have a go. But Sean, we are going to come back to the TV side of things. We have mentioned this, Sean, on a multitude of occasions on the show when we've done these over the, the times. And it has been a case that I mentioned earlier three episodes or sorry three seasons of a show can be the perfect amount this here show had three seasons and i've recommended it i think each time there was a season but it is now finished There was a third season kind of brought finality to the show in a certain way it is dairy girls it is on netflix i think it is now the best produced irish comedy program of all time in my opinion Uh, I've mentioned this other show, Father Ted, which would have been my all-time number one. Derry Girls has now surpassed that. You uh, you had added the question, who is the best character and why is it the best comedy on Netflix? The reason I think it's the best comedy is I think it is very authentic. And, And this is coming from myself, so probably different for, say, you watching it, but it is very authentic to my childhood growing up in terms of the way people talk the way people dress the kind of showing even glimpses of like what a tv set or what a house looked like and how people's mothers behaved if they weren't having you know eating their dinner or things were going you weren't doing good at school x y and z so that is why i liked it as much because dairy is only kind of 40 50 minutes away from where i grew up and uh the, the story in it both hits the notes of the comedy aspect but also the seriousness of what would have been happening for people of that age at that time in Derry and Northern Ireland but uh, the comedy aspect and how the characters interact I think is is just absolutely superb and I know I've recommended it a few times Sean but I'm going to have to go back and recommend it one more time for people who maybe have not checked it out yet I've mentioned that part. You can also say why you think it's the best, but I'm going to let you go first and you can tell me who the best character in the show is.
2: Well, I was going to pick Michelle because Michelle is absolutely hilarious and has... A spoiler as well, Sean, for people lines. who
1: aren't aware. A lot of our teams this year in our FFPC uh, baseball contest and our Superflex team, all now, Sean, has named them after Girls quotes and sayings. And it makes me feel so good to see
2: those names out there. are. Our dynasty team that we talk about in the dynasty reanimator series is called uncle column and the spanish armada i'm sure that some of the participants in that league will think that in some way shape or form we've named it after you who are the head manager that is not the case uncle (laughs) column is one of the hilarious characters in dairy girls
1: and sean one of the first characters i've ever seen in a show called column they also met him the most boring man in the entire show Mm -hmm. that's not not, not good for the reputations of columns worldwide worldwide exactly
2: exactly but officially i'm gonna go with orla who is absolutely hilarious in the first episode she has her cousin's diary and is occasionally reading pieces out to the rest of the group Erin doesn't necessarily care for that she wants it back orla informs her that she can't give it back she's doing her book report on it (laughs) Which just, I mean, outside of context, isn't quite as funny. But it cracks me up just thinking about it, just saying that. Colin, one of the great things about the show, obviously American viewers are not going to be able to speak to elements of realism or verisimilitude, all of those types of things. And yet, it does feel like a real... Type of place and people and one of the things that i love about comedies that are extremely well done is that they can be more insightful and feel more deeply and hit on things can kind that of are, almost
1: transport you to a place
2: yeah i mean you can end up in a situation where the comedy is actually more touching and more real than dramas are. And I think you get a lot of that from Dairy Girls. Another thing that I would mention here, it's kind of fun for people who, you know, have any interest in this time period. One of the things people mention all the time, it actually comes up and I was thinking about it in part because you have it here on our futuristic show that we may record at some point. But Guardians of the Galaxy is always promoted as having these amazing soundtracks and certainly not criticizing that for anybody who loves it for that reason, but it doesn't reach me or speak to me personally. The soundtrack, the music, the songs they're playing in Dairy Girls are just absolutely perfect. And so again, it kind of
1: depends on you know, what your connection to the time is. Yeah, they, they transport you to a time. And they, the thing in Dairy Girls, for people who haven't seen it, they play like clips of music that is maybe four seconds long. So a lot of the time it's just like the intro to a song that they play. They don't play the entire song or you don't, you know, you, but when, well, when they were trying players, to go to a right said Fred concert
2: in one of yeah. them
1: and, and we're there in the VIP area for a while. Yeah. But when they hit the, those beats, they transport me almost like back 20 years in time. Like they were the, the hit songs. We used to have a show before, you know, satellite television was the, Big thing where we could get extra channels It kind of give us access to some american stuff back in the day but before satellite tv came in and we got to mtv sean each week our local well our local our national channel used to have a show called top 30 hits and you could like start off at 30 and it would play the songs through <laughs> the top of the charts and you know you had a vcr you would record it that was the only way you would be able to hear those kind of hit songs at the time but those kind of songs that pop up on the show um really really do add to the atmosphere of it but i do think the uh the authentic nature of like the believability of the characters they're all obviously personalities turned up to you know 10 or 11 on the the scale of 10 but for my favorite character is uh the grandfather Granda joe and the reason i like him is he's like you know stern-faced absolutely plays the character as if like that is him and it's almost like a like a black comedy but you know you touched on basically the main thing is he gives such a hard time to his son-in-law on the show which is played by a famous irish comedian called tommy tiernan and he was a stand-up comedian for a long time and uh, i used to be a big fan maybe when i was like 17 18 and he kind of got a little bit too controversial and i thought yeah i kind of just anything he did for maybe 10 years i paid no attention to and he popped up on this show and. I think he's done a great job as the father in it, but Grandad Joe gives him a, a really hard time. And uh, you mentioned some of the moments where in comedy, it can give you that kind of bit where maybe you're not expecting the subtle moments. And he gives the, the son-in-law a hard time throughout the whole season, but there's one part of it where he puts his hand at the end of an episode on the son-in-law's shoulders. And it's like one of them really touching moments where you're like, this guy has no empathy for anybody. And even at that moment, when it was like a kind of tragic moment in Northern Ireland history, he takes his hand and and puts it on his shoulder. So there's, there's lots of touching moments like that and accompanied by the music. I just think it's a smash hit of a TV show.
2: He also really stands up in defense of his cat, who is committing (laughs) some minor atrocities (laughs) around the neighborhood. All of us who have a very special cat can really appreciate, his willingness to so go you, to see, your, you see a bit
1: of yourself yeah. and, and that character sean yeah i
2: mean you're, you're not going to admit your cat has done anything Column, you haven't he, had to put a
1: bell on your cat yet no
2: no she she is limited the inside so the damage she can actually do is is somewhat minimal she does prowl the perimeter on a nightly basis to make sure she has the bugs taken care of and that no other animals have managed to break inside her territory the last episode of dairy girls focuses on the good friday agreement and obviously it was one of the touching episodes as well but obviously very sub i shouldn't say obviously but very substantive and actually gives some background and brings the human element into this vote that led to well i'll let you discuss that here in a moment but one of the things that jumped out to me watching it is how pivotal this was but also how recent it was and when we think about some of the things that are happening in the world now you think about some things that really changed everything that you know happened perhaps in the lifetimes of some of our listeners you think about the Berlin Wall coming down, and I think because the the size of the island in terms of Ireland, and the you know the total size of the population, the fact that you know people tend to you know think about England or think about Europe as being in the more visible countries, places, peoples in that sort of region of the world it can be easy to not you know if you're not as you are whereas you mentioned you live you know basically just down the road from all of this to not realize what this meant and again the fact that it, it happened so recently from a historical perspective and yet in many ways it does feel like a long time ago
1: yeah. And that's what happens, Sean, with history is obviously you're living through it. But when things start to become, I guess, you know, I guess taught in, say, schools, you know, about history, it starts to make it feel like it was a really long time ago. But it was kind of 1998, 1999. So it is, you know, only f- 25 years ago at this particular point, 26 years ago. So I was born in 1989. So there was a lot of it as I was growing up. The troubles or the atrocities that were happening in Northern Ireland were still ongoing but I was kind of so young that I probably wasn't fully aware of what was actually going on but when we move forward now to this particular point in time and you know the the Good Friday Agreement and what it meant in this show was you know it was explained from different sides and it meant different for different people and everyone had a personal reason as to why it sh- you know could be agreed or wouldn't be agreed Part of it was that there would be some prisoners that would get out of jail, for example. Some people didn't want that. Lots of different things going on. But when we move forward now for those twenty-five years that I have mentioned, and even in lesser history than that, you know, if I go back ten years ago, I've mentioned in the past that I played soccer. I actually played soccer in Northern Ireland for a Protestant football club, and I'm a, a Catholic. And if we go back to that time, that just wouldn't have really been possible without. Some issues, I'm sure, along the way. And there was issues at times, but not anything that stopped me from being able to play a sport, which again seems kind of novelty, but just to show the differences and how I guess privileged people of my age have been since. Um, the changes that it has been able to make. And I watched back that episode, uh, the final episode of season three in the last two weeks, and it kind of hit me at that point because having a child now how it changes things for her generations moving forward and how this has set up for her for example how it's set up for me to give me opportunities even something as novel and i only thought of this when we started recording sean i'm actually going tomorrow into northern ireland but an hour away from where i live and we're going to a pumpkin patch to get a pumpkin to carve and to go to like a halloween experience and again like that's something that's very novel but it also is something that Should be able to do. You should be able to drive, you know, 60 minutes and not have to worry about those sort of things, but you couldn't at the time because there was a border between Northern Ireland and the Republic of Ireland. And where I live in Donegal, it is one of the counties that is in by geography north of Ireland, but it's in the Republic and it's bordered basically on uh, one whole side by Northern Ireland. So when you would go to cross the border when you would if i went to dublin i would have to cross the border when you go to do that you would have to go through like you know armored checkpoints and so on all of that is now cleared there was concerns obviously bringing it forward to brexit and the uk leaving the european union there was a lot of concerns around what would happen with the borders and that is still ongoing there brexit hasn't really advanced i guess to where some people thought it would have at this particular point but yeah my big takeaway from that is you know people were dying there was a lot of people getting murdered whether they were involved in what was happening or whether they were innocent bystanders and the oma bombing was one of the really big final things that happened where those people killed in a town called oma in northern ireland but thankfully we have a situation now where i guess we can say it was a peace process but we do have peace in ireland there will be places where people will still say that there isn't peace and there is ongoing, you know, fighting and things like that, but on a much smaller scale. Um, So hopefully it'll continue to get better, but it is in such a a better place than it was in the the early 1990s. And I'm very grateful for that. I'm as well. And thinking of you
2: in the current world, as opposed to the one that the characters in the show had to deal with, you know, up until that moment, Definitely makes me happy, you know, getting to know you and, and learn a little bit about your family and, and that type of thing. So we're obviously aware of and, and hoping that as many of the other places, because there are lots of other places in the world right now, either high profile or lower profile, where it it just would be really in many ways
1: miraculous for the people there if some of these things were able to work out yeah some of those do like this does give me some hope in those because i think if you had asked people in 1990 if this could happen and obviously i said i was born in 1989 so i can't really speak on it but i would imagine that people also thought that this was impossible that it would have got to this point of you know kind of a a common ground and i say this type because there is still it's not perfect, but it's a lot, lot better than it was. And I, I do think getting to this point, again, when we see some of the conflicts going on throughout the world, it kind of gives me some hope that you know it won't be overnight. But hopefully, something can come that people will be able to live in a, you know, a, a peaceful situation. Exactly. Exactly. So, this was a lot
2: of fun. Really appreciate you sharing some of your own experiences as it relates to again a show that if people just want to watch for the comedy you will enjoy it is hilarious and we have a lot of other fun questions we'll potentially do in the future we're excited for week seven of actually week eight isn't it
1: we'll leave this in sean because i think this will be funny for people uh, as we try and figure out our future times <laughs> i think this is going to be coming out the friday before nfl week eight Week eight.
2: So, I assume that we won the last two weeks. And all undefeated. Of our teams now undefeated. are. Yeah, exactly. So, good luck to everyone. We hope that your teams also went undefeated both the last couple of weeks and that they are about to take a big step forward in week eight. I'm glad because by the time this releases, I will be probably on the plane getting back home we'll see <laughs> we'll see how many days it takes to get back to full strength after that fantasy football com.
1: i'm ready let's do it yeah we're back to fantasy football come monday's episode we'll be recapping the week's action hopefully you've enjoyed listening to this sean mentioned we do have some questions set up for future editions of these shows but if you have any questions you think that you would like to hear us talk about or maybe today's show prompted you on some things uh, let me know on Twitter at Overtime Ireland or email them across at roadofisradio at gmail.com. My name is Colum Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. We really appreciate you listening into all these shows. It means a lot to us. Obviously, check out all of Sean's work up on roadofis.com. And until we are back, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotovis Radio. Please rate and review the Rotovis Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovisradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotovis Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotovis with a discount through the Rotovis Radio homepage, rotovis.com forward slash podcast.
3: Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around.